Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, is the completionist charity scamming his fans? So Carl just released a video titled, This Charity Is Lying To You, about uh, the completionist of all people. Most people in the gaming space know of the completionist because they've been around for such a goddamn long time. Never been like the biggest content creator or something, just big because the nature of their content makes it hard to spam that out regularly because they're ultimately completing the entirety of video games, which takes a ridiculous amount of time. I've seen some of their stuff, it's, it's pretty good, but as a person who doesn't play a ridiculous amount of games, it's uh, never completely been my vibe. I've just caught a video here or there. But the premise of the video is that Jared and his charity have not been giving the money that they've been raising to the causes that they say they um, were generating it for. Not that they've at this point, at least, like, spent on themselves or something, but it's just sitting there. And so it's constituted false claims. Watch the video. Highly recommend it. Especially if you uh, care about Carl or the completionist, you shouldn't just take my word for it and all that jazz. The one thing I thought about while watching it, though, is something I probably shouldn't admit, but I'm probably going to anyway. I am very skeptical of charities and charitable giving in general. It seems such a necessary thing in many respects to allocate funds from private individuals to people in need, but I hate the necessity of having to trust large entities that I know effectively nothing about, that the money is actually going to go to the causes that they say it's going to go to. There are definitely good charities out there, but we all know that there's also charities out there that exist for effectively no other purpose than to sort of launder people's money to avoid having to pay for taxes. And it just ends up being like a, a kind of slush fund that uh, particularly rich individuals can use to pay for different things to lower their own personal income, right? I much prefer to directly give people money or to give it to more local kind of things because I can see that. And hearing stories about this is stuff that I don't need to hear. Like I don't need more skepticism of charities. I don't need more skepticism of people doing good. Stick to local charities, fewer middlemen. Exactly. The smaller the entity, the more likely they're going to appreciate the money and the more that you can see the thing itself. I mean, if someone comes to my door and asks me for money and I have got money laying around, I'll give it to them because like there's a person there. Although they could also be just be a representative for a large entity, but I'll never forget when I raised that money for the fire services when um, Australia was on fire all those years ago and uh, PayPal tried to cut off my account and stuff because I believe that they believed I was running a scam or something and it freaked me the fuck out. And I know it's irrational because I, I could just get someone else to handle the logistics of, of raising money, but it, it, it spooked me something fierce, even to this day. But yeah, watch the video, and I think I'm personally going to continue doing my thing of giving money mini to you guys and small causes that happen to run across my way that happen to be more Sydney-based rather than giving to uh, larger entities. But that's just me, right? Do you do diligence whenever you're donating to any particular charity, but... For example, with this, how would you, a person just sitting in your chair, have found out that the money wasn't or hadn't at this point gone to the people that you thought it was going to? People just don't have the time to, to look into the nitty gritty of every single thing that they run into, right? Look, look up like tax filings and, and public documents and stuff to read into the finer details on page 87 to be like, hey, wait a second, the money's still here. It's just not going to happen. It's a good thing you've got people like Carl who will do that kind of stuff. This is what GTA 6 needs to be the perfect game. So Rockstar Universe tweeted out, what features would you like to see in GTA 6? Anything from GTA 5 you want to return? And I of course did my little smart ass, here is a gif of me. I am a feature I would like to see in GTA 6, and I'm kinda from GTA 5 and I would like to see me return. 
Honestly, a lot of what I want to see in GTA 6 has largely been confirmed. Like, I don't like how in GTA 5, you are never concerned about a lack of bullets. Never. Every mission just goes, here's a million bullets. Like, I'm playing Max Payne 3 recently, and I'm like, I'm not struggling to get ammo at all times, but I do run out of ammo sometimes. Like, oh, bullets, good. It seems as though in GTA 6, based on the leaks, you won't be able to carry an infinite amount of weapons. You'll be able to carry a significant amount, but it's more in the vein of like a Red Dead 2, I think. Like I just want a fairly difficult experience with the gunplay. I can't tell how easy GTA 5 is because I've been playing it for so long versus it just being an easy game. I can't tell anymore. But um, the experience I'm having playing Max Payne 3 right now where I can do it, but it is a little bit of a struggle sometimes. I'm actually really enjoying it. It feels difficult, but not overwhelming. It was a struggle in GTA 4. It wasn't more so than 5, I think. One thing that was interesting about GTA 5 was because they had specific personal vehicles for the characters that led the characters to have a bit more of an identity. And because they had, like, at least those main outfits, you could recognize them. If everyone has a different, a different vehicle for their version of the character and everyone has like a different outfit for that character and stuff, they're less a character in a way. Like sometimes you want to do a thumbnail and you want to have Michael be identifiable. You use his car and his base suit. But ultimately, I just want GTA 6 to be a good game. Striking the right balance between difficult gunplay, but not like CSGO's needing to pull down in spray pattern to get your bullets to go right. I want driving that feels weighty, but is not so weighty that it feels like GTA 4, like you're driving a shopping cart. It's a hard balance to strike, especially because the wide spectrum of people who play games obviously have different tastes for things. And trying to appease everyone will have you make something that's just trash. Should GTA 6 just be called Grand Theft Auto? So TGG tweeted out, what if it's called Grand Theft Auto and not GTA 6? A series reboot. It has been 10 years. He continues here, probably GTA 6 though. Honestly though, anything other than GTA 6 would be disappointing after we've been calling it GTA 6 for 10 years. People have pointed out that GTA 6 wouldn't technically be the sixth GTA game. There are other like, you know, Vice City and stuff that didn't get themselves an, a number, but I see those as more like expansions of previous games. Like Battle of Gay Tony isn't its own GTA game. It is an expansion, a DLC of GTA 4. Vice City isn't its own GTA game, really. It's it's like an expansion of GTA 3, in a, in a sense. I mean, it's the same engine kind of thing. And they came very close to a previous game. And so aren't really themselves individual entries in the Grand Theft Auto franchise, I guess. To his statement, what if they called it Grand Theft Auto and not GTA 6? I said, it would be the dumbest branding decision since Elon Musk renames Twitter to X. Twitter is still Twitter. GTA 6 is still GTA 6. Like if they just called it Grand Theft Auto, everyone would just call it GTA 6. In the same way that what they like they, they did the Ghostbusters reboot and everyone had to call it Ghostbusters 2016 or whatever it is. Whenever companies do these reboots where they just use the original name of the franchise, people have to put like the year after it and it's just dumb. Is a Bully 2 game socially acceptable in today's era? So Swegta, as you guys might know, is a person who really likes the Rockstar game Bully. And he tweeted out, Bully 2 should be next after GTA 6. It would need far less development time and it would show old school fans that Rockstar games haven't lost touch with the community. I don't think there's a huge demand for Bully 2, honestly. The last Bully came out 2006. There are people who are playing GTA right now who were born after that game was released. It's just too late. As you all know, they tried to make it and uh, apparently it was canceled internally, maybe even multiple times. I'm not saying it would be a terrible thing for them to do, and they could obviously do it, which we'll get into in a second, but I doubt they're going to. As a Bully 1 is a classic, it's a great game. 
And I wouldn't mind seeing a bully too, if they feel like they have a story to tell. But um, I don't think there's a huge demand for it. Well, I think Rockstar, if they really wanted to, could make the game Bully 2. Mudahad disagrees. He says here, This is a game I wish Rockstar would make, but they could never get away with it in today's day and age. Imagine the online mode. News would flip out over bullying people, lol. Imagine when someone mods an AK-47 into the single player. So the first thing I have to say is, I don't think 2006 was just like people universally being like, bullying kids? I love that shit, son. Bullying kids is amazing. Who doesn't love bullying kids, man? Rockstar, I thank you for making this kid bullying simulator. Like I doubt news publications were like, Rockstar Games produced the one thing that we want. Bullying children simulator. Let's go. In every generation of GTA game that has released, there has been public outcry. There has been news reports saying, this is the worst thing that's ever been made, oh my God. GTA 5 was a woman beating simulator where players uh, get points for running over women and all that stuff. And Rockstar still released the games. Old media and its ability to sync a game is, in my mind, non-existent. Would a game like Bully 2 potentially pose more of a risk of spooking stakeholders in Take 2 or something? Absolutely. Because it doesn't matter how small the risk, there's obviously going to be a balance of risk versus reward in anything that a company wants to develop. And I would agree that Bully 2 probably has more of a risk than potentially other things that they could develop, but I don't think it's that much of a risk. He goes on to say, I once again state for the obvious, Bully got backlash for its obvious subject matter when it came out originally. It even had a name change in the UK. It was dogged on for letting you kiss boys back in the day and beat up kids, harass girls, etc. Somehow I doubt a billion dollar org would ever be okay with that again. Yeah, so this, this is a different point. Previously, he was saying that uh, the, the news would flip out and this would somehow affect the game's ability to be profitable or be released. That's not true. But it could be the case that Rockstar would be like, I don't think we want to take the risk doing this. That they were willing to take that risk in 2008 is very different than now because they're a much bigger company now. I don't think the risks have changed, but Rockstar and Take-Two have changed as entities. They have more money. While it's not like they were a small company in, in 2006, 2008, 2008 was the scholarship edition. Obviously, they're more well-known now, and anyone will take any opportunity to jab a knife into a company that large. Rockstar, as sad as it is for me to say, they would never touch Bully or Manhunt. Not about never. I know you think they're the same base company that they were during the PS2 era, but they've shifted into a far bigger and far safer company over the last decade. That wouldn't surprise me if that's true. It could, it could be right on that. It's probably, it's more of an aspect of them getting bigger than anything else, right? The bigger you are, the more you have to lose, the more stakeholders that you have to placate. Rockstar made a game where you sneak into an underage dorm and steal underwear and somehow got that sold. The fact Bully existed at all is actually shocking the more you replay the game. Amazing game, by the way, if you've never played it. There's this mission where I think you take a picture of girls in a shower or something, but like you don't see anything, I think, but that's like the premise of the mission. I can't remember exactly what it was. I just remember Carl joining my stream at that time and I was like, Carl, get me taking pictures of uh, underage girls or something. Within the premise of the game, like they're all kids or whatever at a goddamn high school, so it, it, it never comes off as weird, but spoken out of context, that does sound weird, right? Playing the game though, I don't think it's particularly raunchy or over the top or anything like that. It's more that the concept of it, it's called bully. Like if you play the game th through the entire thing, it is a pretty tame game as far as I'm concerned, although my tastes aren't the same as everyone's. But if you just heard what the game was about without seeing it, in the same way that you just heard what Grand Theft Auto was about without seeing it, the impression you will get is very different. 
and potentially far worse. Yeah, so bottom line, I think Rockstar could get away with, in terms of selling a, a popular game, Bully 2, like making money off that in today's day and age. And I don't think any amount of news publications would stop them doing that, stop that being successful. Do I think that Rockstar would be willing to take that risk when they have potentially lower hanging fruit that can make them more money with less risk? Yeah, I don't think they're likely going to do that. Could that change in the future? Possibly. It was more the phrasing here. This is a game I wish Rockstar would make, but they could never get away with it in today's day and age. That's the part that I disagreed with, where it's external factors would prevent Rockstar from doing it in a case where they wanted to. That if they somehow made it, it wouldn't be successful. I guess it depends on like the, the, the exact phrasing here as to whether I agree or not. Like, I don't think it's the next thing that Rockstar should make if their interest is in making as much money as possible with as little risk as possible. Navigating the thin line between funny and cringe on Twitter. So I have this thing, chat, where on occasion throughout the day, I will have like random thoughts that I find kind of funny. And I think to myself, is this funny or is this cringe? But basically, I will occasionally put these on Twitter and just see how they play. And when they don't get a lot of likes, I'm like, shit, I've said something cringe. Oh, well, let's <laughs> just leave it there. Like I tweeted this out. Unintended tech consequences. Food delivery apps have caused an incredible increase in doorstep photographs. Like, is that funny? I find that funny, because true. <laughs> it's not wrong, it's not wrong. And it is a mildly amusing observation of reality. A sleep test turned me into Robocop. So I am super tired, chat. And the reason is this. Doing sleep tests, and this is easily the strangest test I have ever had done. I have nine hours to wait before it activates and I have to sleep in it. Hope it tells me some useful info. Walking out of the building was awkward. And it's me looking like I've got like a bomb strapped to me. The audio listeners are missing out because I'm just like, I, I, I don't know how to describe this. I'm, I've got like 17 different things on my head, behind my head. All these cables are attached to the back of my head. I've got, I've got like a thing at, at the front. I Like, I don't know. But let me tell you, it was terrible to sleep in this. For multiple reasons, not only the weight, the weird feeling, the stickiness of all these different things, the cables everywhere. I had to put like a little clip on my finger that I'm pretty sure was too fucking tight. But I sleep naked, chat, normally. And so having to sleep in my clothing was also really fucking weird. Every mechanism that I would normally have to help me sleep, I couldn't use. And I was just very uncomfortable. I remember waking up after being asleep for like an hour and a half, being like, look, just kill me. This is not worth it. I want to die. This is the worst experience I've ever had. I'm never gonna make it out of here. And like I had to multiple times, like calm myself down and be like, look, you'll be asleep soon. Doesn't matter how terrible this is, doesn't matter how, how much of a headache you have right now, you will eventually get asleep. And I did, but I'm super tired now. And I was meant to have my guys come and replace this fucking weird carpet, bad coloring. But uh, they've delayed it again. Normally, I'm the one delaying appointments. These guys have delayed it twice. And putting in carpet's a huge pain in the ass, chat. My house is small. We have to, like, pick everything up and move it out of the room. Which is going to be a huge pain. You sleep naked. What if the house catches fire and you need to make a quick escape? I will piss out the fire. I mean, for the sake of my modesty, we can hope that the fire burns off my dick. How about that? There we go. But yeah, I haven't got the results back for my tests as of yet. I hope it comes back and tells me some useful information. I doubt it is going to though. The questionnaire they gave me is like, during these different tasks, like driving or having a conversation, how likely are you to fall asleep? And my answer to all of them was zero. I have problems getting to sleep and waking up with energy, but I'm not as bad as some people are where they, where like, they get no sleep at all. And so they, they have to go throughout their lives being like, God, 
and falling asleep in everyday circumstances. I don't have that. Whatever I have, it seems to be a weird thing. If I have anything at all, guess we'll hopefully find out. Answering your most interesting questions. When trying to hire up someone, how do you determine how much to pay them and how to tell them what you're looking for? Everyone who edits for me for the main channel is paid the same race. As I've incrementally increased it over the years because I've become more successful, I have just anyone who's taken on a video, a project for me, is paid the same as a person who's been there for four or five years away because they're doing the same work. I, I don't think it should be a loyalty kind of thing. Like if you, oh, you've been here for four years, man, so you deserve more money. It's the same work. So when it comes to odd jobs, potentially that make me no money in of themselves, like a sift through some footage to find X, Y, and Z. Like we usually just discuss it. Like how, how long did it take you? Was it difficult? What's going on? And we just, I just, I just give them some money. Things that make revenue in of themselves, I prefer to do revenue share because I feel like they're inspired to do their best because they know it's actually going to help them as well. But also it's just more fair. As I grow bigger, they also get more. Like, it's why shorts were very difficult in terms of understanding what, how to pay people because it's not immediately obvious what I'm getting from shorts anyway and they don't make any money. So I pay people who do the shorts for me a flat rate. And that was also just a discussion, like how much do you think is fair? What's your time worth? And we and as with any agreement, you just hammer out a payment that makes sense for both you and them. The same way that you would hammer out a person giving you a lift the airport or something. I mean, I'll pay for your gas if you give me a lift to the airport. Ah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Okay, let's go. Do you adapt your way of scripting or making footage because you know other people are going to edit this? And the answer is yes. I've talked about this before where I know that if I don't explain something on the day that it won't necessarily make it into the video, especially videos that I might not have time to fully go over because I'm doing other stuff. So on the day, I make sure I'm like, okay, I got to say this, 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 and this, and this, all these need to be in the video. When certain things are happening on stream that I know will be in the video, I do my best to say something of interest, funny, what have you. So the person has something to cut around that won't necessarily need my like input after the facts to add something, to explain something or whatever. I try not to be talking about just random nonsense when important things are happening because I know it will be hell for the person who's trying to edit it to fix that. If they even have the capacity to fix that. Streaming to make YouTube videos is very different from streaming to make Twitch content. Cause you can just be chill for various points and it will be fine. But if I'm chill for 10 minutes during a important part of a thing that's gonna be a YouTube video, it will ruin the entire video. And obviously the ideal scenario is for the editors to also add their own flair, flavor, talents, humor to the video as well. And having me sort of bounce off in various things that I say is obviously an asset for them. It makes their life easier. I have said to people before, like, this footage is going to be a hard thing for you to edit. I will give you more money. <laughs> all right, this is, this, is, this, this is all a pain in the ass. It's like a bazillion hours of footage. It probably won't do that very, very well on YouTube. I'll give you extra because I know you could be doing other more important things. As I say, though, what I do with my content is not necessarily how other people handle things. Like, you can see, Doug Doug in a lot of his videos, especially his more important videos, he will do a lot of voiceovers himself. So he doesn't necessarily on the day have to explain things in a short, concise, interesting way. He can cut out the Twitch explanation and just add his own, which may be a thing that I should do more often, but uh, I've gotten into the habit of like doing the intro, for example, on the day, as you see, and just trying to get better at doing those intros. When you are older or when your career is winding down for one reason or another, do you think you will regret not having more of your life outside of that? such as relationships or something else. I'm not sure what I could be doing now that I couldn't hypothetically be doing 10 years from now. There are absolutely things that I missed out on in say my late teens, early twenties, young love, 
sort of things, like being fully engrossed in another person, maybe actually getting married young and divorcing at 28 or whatever, they're, they're, those kind of things. Like, those things have passed me by. I can't do those anymore. And potentially a lot of those were bad things anyway. But what could I do in my early 30s that I can't do in my early 40s? My body will be potentially a bit more haggard, certainly, but I don't think there's that much of a difference between your 30s and your 40s. If I lose the next 10 years doing this, I, I don't think I'm gonna miss out on much especially because I gained so much from doing this. When I think of things that other people do with their lives that I personally don't do, I question how much I also want to do these things versus how much I, I think I should just be wanting to do them. I think to myself, maybe I should want to do that, even if I potentially don't. Is it possible I may have regrets? Of course, but obviously I'm acting right now based on the information that I have about myself and uh, my environments that I believe is most conducive to having as few regrets in the future as possible. I am living my life as best as I can. One thing that you would regret when you're older is not right now clicking that like and subscribe button. Thank you for watching and I wish you all the best.